everybody to the West Side Lions podcast. It is your host here, Ben Miller, at Lions West Side on Twitter. Head on over there. Give us a follow if you've not done so already. And if you haven't, why not? We Come on now. Get to it. It's we, We've been doing this for a long time now. If you've been listening this far, you should have given us a follow by now. All right? So head on over there. Do that. Uh, we have a game to talk about. Uh, just happened. We had the Lions versus the Vikings, a game that we thought was going to end pretty rough, and it did. Um, not quite in the rough way that we thought it was going to end, but it ended roughly, and we are here to talk about it. But before we get into our game today, we're going to talk quickly about our two hosts that's here with us today. Austin Redlin and Jake Krieg is here with us again. Jake, how are you feeling today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. And Austin, what's your favorite color? My favorite color, uh, yep. Honolulu blue, buddy. Well, there you go. I like that answer. <laughs> <laughs> Had to keep you on your toes there. Stop asking the same questions each time. All right. So as we said, yeah. we had a, a fun game to talk about. Uh, I'm not even going to like get into much about it, except for um, the Lions were kind of out of the game almost the entire, the entire time. Uh, fourth quarter, they got a... A kind of a comeback that they did. They um, got the ball back and scored a touchdown and then went for two to put them in the lead with 30 seconds left to what everyone thought would have been the game winning points. And then Vikings got the ball down uh, far enough to kick a 54 yard field goal and win the game. Um, it was a shock and surprise. And let's hear what your guys reaction were for this game. Jake, I'm going to start with you. What's your uh, reactions and your thoughts from this game. Um, it was definitely better than the Bears game. Um, oh yeah, it was definitely better. But I mean, overall, it was it was a disappointing game. We ha- we did what we have been doing all in the, most of our games is coming back near the end, and we we almost did. But I mean, the Vikings got lucky at the end. But overall, it was a lot of disappointing play from. A lot of players, um, but especially Goff, man, I can't, I, I can't stand what Goff is doing. But overall, I, I really liked what I saw from certain players, like DeAndre Swift. I mean, he played his heart out in that game. I really like what I'm seeing from him. And then I also thought on the defensive side, I mean, there wasn't really much people that stood out to me except for Tracy Walker. Mm-hmm. He looked like he was, he was. He looks like he was really trying. So yeah. So <clears throat> uh, before we move into stuff, because we'll we'll get we'll get into some stuff from the game. Austin, what was your reactions from this game? How'd you feel about it? You know, I'm glad we're doing this the day after the game and not the day of the game. You know, kind of give myself the ability to uh, calm down a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Um. But <laughs> I mean. Going in, my expectations were very low. Um, I mean, I was going in expecting it to be a complete blowout. I mean, as I think you guys were too. So, I mean, for the game that we got out of it, I was, you know, I was sort of happy, but I mean, at the same time, I was, you know, kind of pissed that, you know, we pissed it away at a last-second field goal again, but. Yeah, which the Lions That's... now have a, a new record for the only team in the NFL to 
get beat on a last-second field goal longer than 50 yards more than once in a season, and it's week five. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, we're going to set a whole new record this year. Like, we're going to make that record something that nobody's ever going to be able to get beat again. We're going for, like, a like a six-tuplet or something here. Like, that's what we're going to go for. So We're setting all the wrong records. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> hey, but we're making records, you know. That's the I can't thing. believe a Vikings uh, kicker kicked a game when you field goal, though. Yeah. That, their that, that their hex out-hexed us. That's what happened. We we have a hex, and, and theirs apparently decided to get fixed before ours did. So it, it beat us out there. Um, but, yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting game because at the beginning, I think we can all agree, the first half, I mean – Offense looked real good, like that first drive, and then kind of a little bit later, they looked decent. They were moving the ball okay. The defense just wasn't stopping anything. It was it was really rough. And then, then the second half, the whole script just flipped. Defense started playing much, much better, and the offense could not do a thing. Um, Goff looked really bad in this game. I mean, like, just horrendously bad. Um, and... And I mean, you have to say part of that might be because of our wide receiver depth is just awful right now. And we, he can't get separation or anything, but also he's not trying to get the ball downfield. The one ball he did try to get downfield, uh, was almost picked and should have been picked. Um, and it just was not a, he just did not look good. And he, I, we've talked about it last week where he's not the reason that we're losing. He's a reason that they're losing though. And I think this week he was a bigger part of why we were losing than the weeks before, but I'm not going to put it all on him because like I said, we, we don't have a lot of the talent around him right now. Um, so it's a little bit difficult to, to judge him fairly. However, we need to see more from him. He's, he's supposed to be this guy who comes in and you know, the front office clearly likes him. So he's got to start stepping up. He has to step up. That's his job, and he's got to make the plays when it's the time. And and he's just he hasn't done it so far, and he's got to start doing it if he wants to stick around. Um, but like I had said, the defense kind of turned the table there and started playing some good defense, um, able to stop the um, stop the Vikings multiple times. And um, besides the one long run that they got on the lions. I mean, they were pretty good against the run. Um, so I think, you know, there were some positives, there were some negatives, but I think overall, um, it was just a game that was tough to put your finger on because one half, something looks good. And then the next half it doesn't, but then what didn't look good. First half looks good. Second half. So we're just not really sure where this team's at right now. And that's kind of hard to do with all of the young guys that are coming in because injuries are a huge thing for this team and constantly taking out some of our top players. And so we constantly have to put in these new guys and it's, you're going to have those road bumps and it's really hard to kind of see what this defense can be and will be. Um, I think mainly because a lot of these guys are not our starters. They're backup guys that are having to fit in. Um, But with that said, how do you guys think the, um, you know, those guys who are filling in kind of did, you know, with the, Romeo being out, Julian Okwara having to step up a little bit more. Trey Flowers was back this game. Uh, Jerry Jacobs was in there instead of Bobby Price as corner. Um, 
I mean, how do you think they? How do you think those guys did? Yeah, um, yeah. I'm gonna talk about Jerry Jacobs. Um, I thought he played, you know, pretty darn well for you know coming in, and he's having to come in and cover Adam Thielen. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, Thielen only had two catches for 40 yards. Yeah, and we didn't hear Jerry Jacobs' name very often during the game, which is always a good thing for a cornerback. Right. So, I mean, out of the defensive players, I'd say, you know, probably Jacobs and Tracy Walker were probably my favorite two during that game. Yeah, I liked Jerry Jacobs a lot in this game. And, I mean, you have to think about, you know, when we were talking about roster cuts, bring yourself back to that, right? And the guys that were like, he didn't, on our predictions, he didn't make our in our, our roster, you know? They mm-hmm. brought him along because he was a young guy, undrafted free agent, who was going to give good special teams help. Now he's our starting quarterback. Like, that's a huge, huge hurdle for him to try to fill right now. And like Austin said, Adam Thielen didn't really have a game. He, he you know, was kind of silent. And that's a good thing. Jerry Jacobs did have a couple. There's specifically one play in my mind where it was like a little dump off past Jerry. Jacobs came up and slammed him. I mean, he he played really well. And that's, you know, you want to see your young guys who you give an opportunity to make plays. And he did. And I think that that was definitely a, uh, a good knock for him. I think that that'll give him a little bit more opportunities going forward. Uh, Jake, any any guys, undrafted free agents, any, you know, just guys in general uh, show out to you? I 100% agree with you and Austin on the point of Jerry Jacobs. I think he played great, especially since I'm not – I personally wasn't expecting big play from him, mm-hmm. him being undrafted and not expected to be in that role, more of a special teams role. Right. And then overall, I thought the um, our backup uh, – offensive linemen did really well considering who they are you know mm-hmm. and i think <clears throat> i think it wasn't like phenomenal play it wasn't like like having me on my the edge of the seat but at the same time it was like it was play that could get us through a game and it it mostly did get us through the game mm-hmm. and they came in late late in the game when it really mattered so that's good yeah i'll throw out one more name who was kind of a backup and now is kind of a splitting role guy jalen reeves maybin Again, a guy that we kept oh, yeah. a lot because of special teams mm-hmm. value. Um, made pre- if we would have won the game, I think we he would have had the game ball because he was the one that you know got the stripped the ball out from the uh, Vikings running back and got the ball back in Lions possession to give them the should have been game winning drive. Um, and constantly was just playing great football. I mean, he's been playing pretty well just in general with the higher snap counts and everything. And I think that he's been showing out too, which is really something good to see. Um, I think he's another one that has been really positive for us. So um, definitely some guys that have been really looking good. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about the offense. Um, We talked about a little bit how it was struggling. TJ Hawkinson has had kind of a quiet game now for this is the second game in a row where he's kind of had quiet game. Are you guys concerned at all about TJ Hawkinson or, or, or do you think that, you know, there's maybe some, you know, reasoning behind why he's kind of had quiet games? Jake, I'll start with you about TJ. I think it's because of golf. I, I, I 
I don't think golf is golf golf is not throwing it his way, and he's not wanting to throw risky throws when we know TJ can catch those mm-hmm. for the most part. And I think it's golf. I mean, I I that's what I think because TJ is top three tight end in the league. Well, I'd say uh, top four tight end in the league. Um, I forgot about Darren Waller for a sec, but um, he's top four tight end, one of the top four tight ends in the league. And I think he's just, I think he needs to be thrown to more considering our wide receivers are not good. Mm-hmm. And we just lost Quintez. So he, he really needs to be thrown to more. And I think he needs to be our top target. Yeah. Maybe Austin, DeAndre Swift too. Though. Austin, what about you? Are you concerned about Hawkinson? Um, I'm not concerned about Hawkinson. No. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's like, you know, defensive coordinators are kind of, you know, being, they're a little more prepared for him. So, I mean, they're kind of game planning against him. Um, I mean, yeah, it could be golf, but I mean, almost all of golf's throws are within 15 yards of the line of scrimmage. And that's, the area where the tight end should be getting the ball. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess it is a little worrying that, I mean, golf's not getting him the ball when the he's throwing it there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to chalk it up to just, you know, kind of teams game planning against him. Yeah. But I'm really hoping that he needs to be getting the ball more. I think when – like you talked about, um, when you're a defensive coordinator coming up against a new a team this week or something, you know, their first thought is, you know, how do we take away their biggest threat? And their biggest threat on offense is DeAndre Swift and our running game and TJ Hawkinson. And you can't really, like, mm-hmm. take away DeAndre Swift because of how versatile he is. Um, I mean, you have to take DeAndre Swift out the same way you would take out TJ Hawkinson. So what they're going to do is they're going to take out TJ Hawkinson, right? They're going to double team him. They're going to scheme this so that way the biggest, you know, talent on their team can't can't be utilized, which is going to hinder the team, which then which has led to DeAndre Swift getting so many points and in, in all of this and looking so good because the same thing that would take out TJ Hawkinson, which is, you know, a linebacker and a safety is the same thing you'd have to take out DeAndre Swift. You can take out one. You can't take out both. Um, so I think with TJ getting hindered, it's been leading to DeAndre Swift being able to get more um, carries and touches and stuff like that. And I think once people start going after Swift, maybe, then Hawkinson can come back out if Goff can get him the ball more. Um, but I think that's a big piece of it. And I think that all of those things kind of coincide together of Goff not getting him the ball enough and teams you know game planning for him specifically because he's our offensive you know biggest weapon and there's not really any other weapons they got to worry about on our wide well, receivers that, yeah that's so i mean one of the big things is that you yeah. mean no wide receivers so they're yeah. not you know safeties aren't going over there to try and help out the cornerbacks on them so right exactly like they're not gonna say hey look out trinity benson's on this side you better come and help <laughs> like that's not happening. Goff's not throwing it downfield, so they're not going to say, hey, safeties, stay back because he's going to burn you deep. They're going to move up. They're going to get into TJ Hawkinson's lane because all Goff is doing is sitting in that 15-yard range, and generally it's before 15 yards. And, I mean, 
constantly they're going to shut down TJ Hawkinson because he's not throwing the ball deep. So he's not going to open up anything underneath. And we don't have any weapons that they also have to worry about. So I don't think I'm too worried about TJ Hawkinson himself. I'm just worried that with the players that we have with Goff and the scheme that they're running and the offense that they're running, he's just not going to get utilized because we just don't have the availability to get other people to open him up. And that's what I think we're just going to kind of continue to see until we can maybe get a wide receiver healthy or, or pick somebody up. I just don't, I just don't know if TJ is going to be able to get that kind of, you know, kind of games going again since teams are going to game plan for him. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they start running some more two tight end sets and, you know, bring in Fells and then maybe put Hawkinson out wide or, I mean, they need to do something to try and get him the ball more. Yeah, I agree. And then that'll also help out a running game too, because something we'll talk about here probably in this next segment, which will be a good transition is, you know, we're going to have our offensive line coming back, starting to get a little bit healthier now and getting a two tight end set could help with the running game. And Darren Fells is a guy who's very good with blocking. Um, so that'll, that'll help out. And now we'll transition into it because Penne Sewell is looking like he's going to go back over to the right side this week with Taylor Decker coming back in. Um, Dan Campbell saying, as of right now, the game plan is Taylor Decker is probably going to go on to the left side. Penne Sewell going on to the right side, which is okay. Penne Sewell started off looking really good on that left side. He's had a little bit of struggles. Um, past pro, he's struggled a, li- a lot more with the, than the run game. He's looked really good in the run, but um, this will give him a chance to move back over to the right side and kind of grow from that side, let Taylor Decker come back <laughs> into his left tackle po- spot, and, you know, hopefully we'll just be able to build from that. Um, I mean, what do you guys think about the whole um, Taylor Decker coming back and, and going back to the left tackle? Do you think that's the right decision, or, or do you think that Panay Sewell maybe should stay there? Um, personally, I think that Panay uh, Sewell should be pay, playing the left tackle, and Taylor Decker should try out right tackle because, I mean, Panay Sewell, I mean, he started out looking really, really good at left tackle but he's had some struggles um like you said um playing at left tackle but I just want him to get used to it I don't personally I don't think like when someone's having a little bit of struggle at one thing why put them in a situation where you know they're going to struggle for a bit even more and I think Taylor Decker is smart enough and and good enough to like um, learn the right tackle position pretty well. But I mean, that's not something that can be changed overnight. So I'm pretty split on it, but if I had a say in it, I would definitely keep Panea left tackle. Okay. Also, what about you? Um, I'm the complete opposite on this. Um, I'm totally on board with Sewell moving back to right tackle and Taylor Decker coming in and, playing in his normal spot at left tackle. Um, I mean, just... I mean, with the Taylor Decker, him moving to right tackle would be... I think that would be a lot harder of a transition than Sewell staying at right tackle, which what he's been practicing at all summer. Mm-hmm. I mean, just try and... I don't, I don't know if you guys have something that like you've always 
always done. It's basically like, like really good at. Yeah, it's basically and, like writing. You're trying name. to move in. It's like handwriting. You know, you're left-handed. You're yeah, right-handed. Yeah. You yeah. do it for however many years, and then you're like, hey, you got to switch which hand you write with now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's totally. So I mean, try. I don't know. I'm guess the loss. It's a for tough. Words, really. it's a, yeah, it's a tough thing. It, it to, really is tough. So I don't know. It's a, it's tough because you at the end of the day you just want whatever's going to work best, right? It doesn't matter, you know, if Taylor Decker stays or goes to the right tackle or however. We just want whatever's going to work best, and we don't know what that is. Um, I'm sure maybe Hank Fraley, the offensive line coach, maybe knows a little bit better. So I guess we'll leave it up to him. Just it's it's tough because Penny Sewell could should be really great left tackle. We haven't seen him a whole lot at right tackle though, and so it's it's a difficult thing to uh, you know try to figure out. But I'm interested to see how it plays out, and um, hopefully if we can kind of get those guys back. You know, the only guy on our offensive line who will be out uh, will still be Frank Ragnow, which is a huge loss for us, to be honest. But, mm -hmm. yeah. um, I mean, at least we can maybe give Goff a little bit more time because Matt Nelson is just not it. And mm -hmm. um, so I think maybe with, with uh, a little bit better of a – I mean, I think we could all agree Penny Sewell is definitely a better right tackle than Matt Nelson is. Um, so, I mean, far. you're improving either way. So um, I, I'm excited to get him back. So maybe we can at least get a little a little bit more time for Goff to breathe in the backfield. That Maybe he can let the ball fly a little bit further than 10, 15 yards. But um, it'll be interesting to see about that. Um, I, I don't really have – I mean, is there any other – positives or negatives that you wanted to take away from the game specifically um either one of you austin jake um i mean i've got one thing it's not really like this game specifically but i mean like the one thing that we have over any other team right now in the nfl is that because our roster is so hurt we're able to play you know our young guys and get them the the most experience mm -hmm. that they would ever be able to get even no matter what team they were on. Right. So, I mean, that just, that sets us up so much better for, you know, next year and the next year that they've been able to have so much experience this year. Yeah. So. I mean, definitely we're, there's not a doubt in anybody's mind that we are currently building. Like, I mean, we're not in this to like win and compete now. We're in this to build. I mean, we chose young guys over veteran guys when we were building the roster, right? We talked about that, you know, instead of going for like the Nickel Roby Coleman guys, we went for AJ Parker and those young guys that can grow. We chose them over the veteran guys. And I mean, we're going to see if it pays dividends, right? Like hopefully it does. Cause that's the, that's the plan. You build some young guys. Well, you have kind of a rough year and then they kind of start to get better while you're still building. You can get some more added on there and sooner or later, before you know it, you've got a, you've got yourself a pretty good team here. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that's a really important thing to notice for sure. And, and I'm excited for that. And I guess kind of with that, let's move into another piece that I want to talk about is Dan Campbell. Um, so the post game interview for this game um when a somebody asked, you know, 
how how does this game you know make you feel and dan campbell was like holding back not even really holding back he was tearing up talking about you know when you see your guys give all that they have just like you asked them to in this game and give you a shot like that and then you have to lose like that it just breaks your heart and he's at this point like tears are coming down his face what did you guys think of that? Because I know that like, probably a lot of the NFL media and stuff is going to be like, oh, look at this guy. You know, he's like they did for all of the stuff that he's ever done. He wore a little, you know, the motocross helmet thing and they, you know, chewed him up for that. The kneecap biting thing. They're like, oh, this guy can't be professional. Now he's up here crying. You know, I'm sure the NFL media is going to just kind of eat him up for this. What did you guys think of that? Because I think Lions fans and, and, and probably the players have a much different view of this than I think a lot of those harsh NFL media people are. So what Austin, I'll start with you. What was your reaction from watching that? Um, I mean, I just, I think it's a great change of, cause it's not really scenery, but I mean, whoever it's, a, it's a really good change compared to, you know, Patricia who would come up there and he's just stone faced and you wouldn't be able to tell anything. So, I mean, I love the emotion that he's showing out. And, um, I mean, he wears his heart on his sleeve. And, um, I mean, it, I mean, I'm sure the guys love it too, mm-hmm. knowing that your coach cares that much about the game, you know, as, as much as you do too. Right. So, yeah, I mean, for me, it's, it's a positive thing. Yeah. Jake, what about you? What were your thoughts when you, when you watched this? Um, it kind of like changed my opinion on him in a good way. Cause before I thought of him as a oh, big, tough guy, uh, he's a tough coach, you know, he's a, he, he, he's down to business. He's a big teddy bear. Yeah. But when, yeah, he is a teddy bear. After I saw that, I, 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 <laughs> when I saw that, I, I really thought, you know, he generally, he generally really cares and he wants the people on this team to succeed and it's a it's heartbreaking to lose to two like game winning field goals 50 plus yards 168 154 i mean come on i mean 66 oh i'm sorry but crazy but (laughs) still crazy but um overall it it made me it 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 shocked me to see him like this but it's a good shock yeah, so I'll, I'll go over my immediate reactions, right? So when I first watched this, um, and I watched him tearing up as he's talking about the heart, and he's not talking about, like, you know, I wanted this so bad. He's talking about, like, I wanted this so bad for the guys. They gave it it all. I wanted this so bad for them. This is, like, and it's probably too early to say this, but he's 100% got my vote of confidence to, to lead this team. I think the Lions have got their guy. I really do. I think this is the head coach that could really turn mm-hmm. things around for him. I've seen Dan Campbell tear up twice so far. Once was when he first got to the practice field. He was tearing up because of the overwhelming excitement and joy he felt being back in a Lions field and stadium. And then twice is this. Talking about how badly he wanted this win for the team. There's nothing that energizes a locker room more than knowing that your coach is in this 100% for you. 
You know, if the coach is going to give you his all, they're going to give you their all. We talked about this last year, right? When Braden Coombs was our, our special teams coordinator, you know, he would get the best out of their players. We have an awful team. Like we've talked about it, right? This is an awful team roster wise. Mm -hmm. We almost beat Minnesota Vikings. We almost beat the Ravens. I don't think that's because our players are that good. I think it's because Dan Campbell is getting them playing at their highest and Aaron Glenn and all of the different coordinators that we've got. I mean, these coaches, even Aubrey Pleasant, who had that big thing over, you know, all of the media about him yelling at Jeff Okuda. He's not doing that out of like hate for, as a coach. He's doing it out of love. All of these guys want this team to win so bad. And I really do believe I am a hundred percent bought in with Dan Campbell. I think he is a hundred percent. The guy I would not be surprised if, this guy gets a contract extension at some point. He's got a six-year contract. I wouldn't be surprised if that gets extended at some point because I truly think, you know, New Orleans has Sean Payton. Uh, the Bucks have Bruce Arians. You know, all of these guys, the Chiefs have Andy Reid. They've got their guy, right? Pete Carroll for Seahawks. I think Dan Campbell is the Lions guy. I really do, and I think that that post-game interview really shows it, that that – it, it, it takes a lot of right. It takes a lot of um, determination from a Lions fan to to want to be a Lions fan, right? Like it's not an easy job, and yet you still come back here and you want the best for this team. You see it from Dan Campbell that he wants this team to succeed. I don't think I ever got that from Matt Patricia that he ever wanted this team to succeed. Even Jim, even Jim Caldwell, like he wanted success you know, for the team. I don't think he wanted, like, I can see the vision in Dan Campbell's eyes and, and I love it. And I'm a hundred percent bought in. I love this guy. A hundred percent. If I could get a, I might, I might have to get myself a Dan Campbell Jersey because I just think he's a hundred percent the guy I'm a hundred percent bought in. Um, and I'm, I'm going to, you know, have, have his back all the way to the end. So, um, I just thought that was such a cool thing to see for that post game interview. Um, and they were talking about it on good morning football, uh, this morning. And they were talking about how lions fans, all lions fans that responded to that were saying the same thing. Dan Campbell is the guy. He is our guy. And that's really cool to see when a fan base is a hundred percent behind your guy, when you're zero and five and still coming to war for him, you've got something special. Right. You've got you've got a special coach right there. Um, so I'm loving it. I really am. It's it's tough to go through these losses, but I really I'm not as upset as I would be with like Matt Patricia as our coach. I mean, we went through that, right? Like the awful feelings of coming short week after week. This is different because mm -hmm. we can see the we can see the horizon and Dan Campbell is holding that flag of the Lions pride ready to go. You know, it's. Like you talked about, it's coming. He doesn't know when, but it's coming. We're going to be on the other side, he said. It's coming. Um, so I'm really excited for that. I, that, I think, gives me the most hope of everything was that that post-game interview. Um, but let's move on a little bit. I, I think we've kind of talked about that a good amount. Um, let's move on to next week's game. We've got Lions versus the Bengals. Um, I know myself and Austin will be in attendance at that game, so that'll be a fun one to go see. Um Last I saw, I didn't see any updates on Joe Burrow, but he had gotten, he went to the hospital for a possible throat uh, contusion at some point, and 
Um, last I heard was he was going to be okay, so I don't know his status yet for this week or anything, but that's something to think about. Um, it'll be an interesting game for sure. Um, I think the Bengals have been kind of up and down. The Lions have too, so I, I don't really know what to think about this game. But with that, let's throw right into it. What do you think you know for this game, though? Uh, Jake, we'll start with you. What do you think you think you know? I think I know that jo- I you know I know Joe Mixon will get a hundred rushing yards this game. He's been he's been on fire lately, so I I'd like to bet on that. Okay, Austin, what about you? What's the thing you think you know? Hmm, you know I think Hawkinson is gonna have a a bounce back week, and I think he'll be our top receiver. Okay, here's the thing I think I know right. So this team felt how this felt after this last game, right? They felt how it, how it felt after the Ravens game being just this close. They watched their coach come up to the stands and talk about how badly he wanted this win for this team. This team is going to be energized. They're going to play with more heart than we've ever seen them play. I think they're going to get their first win this week with lions versus Bengals. I think that, they're going to they're going to bring everything that they've got to give Dan Campbell this win because those kinds of things, you know, those locker room moments where it's the coach getting up on a little news news box stand and giving the speech or whatever. I think that 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 post game interview might have been a game changer for the Lions team. I think that that's going to fuel some fires for them. And I think I think that I think I know the Lions are going to get their first win this week and it's going to be electric at Ford Field. It's, it's going bold. to be electric. It's bold. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a good one. But I think Lions come out on top. But with that, that's going to end out our podcast for today. As always, make sure you're following the podcast if you have not done so already. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Google Podcasts, and our Anchor.fm site. And we are also now on YouTube. We are West Side Lions on there. So go and, if you'd like to, give us a watch. Um, make sure to give us a... Uh, follow on all those give us a comment you know let us know how you're doing give us some questions if you'd like Um, but otherwise make sure to just give us a review and share us with your friends but until next time go lion